Well, hello and greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Traveling Pulpit Podcast. I am Vernon Sheridan, the pastor of this podcast, and I want to thank you once again for for joining me here on on this uh, this um, this uh, broadcast. I couldn't get the word out. I'm sorry, but um, but it it just it just does my heart so much good to know that you're taking time out of your day uh, uh, to listen to this podcast, and and I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I personally thank you for that. You know, I've been a phlebotomist for 26 years, and for 26 years, I've held numerous jobs within the medical field as far as uh, phlebotomy or drawing blood goes. I even did a year and a half working in dialysis, and and as long as I've been drawing blood, people have always advised me on how I could run my own business doing this. And they would give me advice. You can have your own business. You can do this. You can do that. You can have the freedom you can have. And so I always wondered if I was to start a business, would it be a for profit or a not for profit business? You know, being who I am, I have the heart of a not for profit, but my flesh has the desire for for all profit. You know, it, it's it's not so difficult to understand that we are spiritual beings in fleshly bodies. So we are at war with ourselves at all times. Uh, not to get too deep, I'm just I'm just saying that a lot of times we find our we find ourselves wanting to do good, but when we want to do good, as Paul say, evil is always present. So we have to be careful. And and when we uh, receive advice or or we give advice, what type of advice are we get giving and what type of advice are we receiving? You know, I um, I I decided that no, probably having a business in the phlebotomy world was not for me. I didn't think that it would be any benefit to anyone. I just kind of just did my job, kept my head down and kept moving. But now. 26 years in, I'm tired. My body is tired. I don't know about you and what you do in your career, but there comes a time when you have to decide on what next you want that, that you want to do in your life. And, and I decided to reach out to a pastor friend about gathering some advice on what I should do as far as what my next step should be. And I purposely stayed away for six weeks because of not, not what I didn't want to hear, but because I'm working on this podcast, you see, as the pastor of this podcast, it's my responsibility to prepare messages and deliver messages and also to pray for those who listen. You see, I don't have a physical building in which that I can be uh, one-on-one. I just have uh, this broadcast in which which enables me to reach out to those who listen. So my responsibility is to is to provide the messages that go out each week. But I do not I do remember to not neglect the gathering from the uh, from the book of Hebrews I remember I remember to not do that uh so I stayed away for 6 weeks and when I went back what I received from the pastor was not where have you been how have you been why haven't I heard from you or rather why why 
I wasn't able to reach you when I reached out for you. None of that, because none of that happened. What I heard was something totally unexpected and off the wall. And truthfully, it was unexpected and off the wall. So I began to ask myself, what does it mean when the bottom line means more than the top line? You see, if you're going to be in business, the bottom line is a major part of being in business. Whether it is a for-profit or a non-profit, your eye is always on the bottom line. And so when, when in church, even churches have a bottom line, even though the church is a non-profit or a not-for-profit entity, they still have a bottom line as though they were a for-profit entity. And so I think we we focus more on the bottom line rather than the top line. Why do I say that? I say that because when Christ came to this world, he came to this world as a nonprofit minister, man of God, God himself in the flesh. Because he had a purpose to go to the house of Israel to only select those that were chosen by his father, his father being God, almighty Elohim, uh, Yahweh, Jehovah. He is all prophet. Jesus is the non-prophet, but God is all prophet. And so Jesus had encountered people on the earth who were not the chosen ones. And it did something to him, not that that he was taken by surprise, because you remember, this is God in the flesh. This is the incarnate in the flesh. He is a part of this world and he is speaking to people not chosen to be in the house of Israel. What I'm saying is. Jesus went to people who did not who did not deserve to be a part of the kingdom. Because they were not chosen. But Jesus went to those who were not chosen because those who were chosen to be in the house did not accept him. If I said that too fast, please forgive me. Jesus was not accepted by those who were already chosen for whom he came to get or to gather. Instead, he was accepted by those and believed in by those who were on the outside. But Jesus being a not for profit, having a bottom line of zero. Received those who were not a part of the house of Israel. If we look real quick at Matthew eight, five through 13. Matthew eight. Chapter eight, verse verses five through 13. We're looking at the faith of the centurion and I'm going to read it as follows. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion or a Roman soldier, a commander of the Roman army came forward to him, appealing to him. Lord, my servant is laying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion. Now, this. This is powerful. The centurion replied, Lord, recognizing the power that he had over him, 
Jesus had over the centurion. He says, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say a word and my servant will be healed. How did he know that Jesus had the power to say a word if he had not already experienced it for himself or was witness to it himself? Because it was done outside of the house of Israel. It was done outside of the ones that Christ came for. So he says, so he says, for I am a man under authority, meaning the the Roman soldier is under the authority of the emperor of Rome. He says, I tell one, I tell one soldier to go and he goes. I tell another soldier to come and he comes. I tell my servant to do this and do that. And he does this and he does that. So Jesus, when he heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at the table of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness in the place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, go, let it be done as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. You see, Jesus came. He came for the house of Israel. But when the house of Israel rejected him, it became obvious to Jesus that being a non-profit, he had to take everything that he took in to use to benefit those that he was, that, that he would go after. Another, another uh, verse of scripture to look at is uh, Matthew 15, 22 through 28, Matthew 15, chapter 15, 22 to 28. And it reads as follows. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came and was crying. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, meaning he answered the woman, which he turned and talked to the woman. He said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. The persistency, she had a need. How many of us or how many of you, when you have a need, are persistent to go to God with that need? Not just because of of you're going to forget about what he did after your need is met, but how many of you go to him daily with your needs? How many? And so she says, Lord, help me. And Jesus answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Yes, I know that that was a harsh statement, but it's a powerful statement. And I want you to hear the reply. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs 
eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. That's a powerful comeback. And it takes a powerful person to stand before the living God and re- and relinquish such such devastating words because she had nothing to lose. Everything that she was about to lose or everything that meant something to her was about to be taken from her and she had nothing to lose. She had to talk to the she had to talk to the master. She had to talk to the power. She had to talk to Christ, the presence, the king, the savior. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. You see, Jesus, he was nonprofit. Everything he took in, he relinquished back out to the people. See, as a nonprofit, that's how that's how it ought to be. But we are living in times where everyone, excuse me, where everyone seems to be for profit. I have known ministers in the gospel who have taken churches and have ruined budgets because they are for profit. They are for themselves. And I'm telling you this message because when the bottom line means more than the top line, that is not a place where you can grow and receive God's word. I'm saying this to be very, very absolutely truthful. When the bottom line means more than the top line, how can you get anything from where you are? We already know that Amazon is a is a trillion dollar a year company that pays no taxes. So how do you benefit from that? But Christ came. He came as a nonprofit to receive us and in turn give back to us that what's what 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 Amazon cannot give to us. Not, not, not tax money, not, not tax break, salvation. See, if Jesus was for profit, he would have only taken the house of Israel, regardless of, of how they treated him, regardless of how they conducted themselves. If he was for profit, he would have took them on home with him, but he's not for profit. He's non-profit, which means that he took everything that they gave to him. And he shared it with everyone who would not benefit as they would have benefited. That is the power of Christ. And that is the power of Christ that we serve. That is a savior worth, worth, worth serving. But there are men who are in the gospel ministry who are perverting it and using it for selfish gain. And I have told you before on last week, my heart is open for God's people. My heart bleeds for God's people, not my wallet, because I do this for not for self gratification or or self-satisfaction. I do this because of you. I do this because you're a part of Christ. I'm a part of Christ. This is my rightful way of serving. And this is what I ought to be doing. I'm not doing this for personal gain, though. I have a job that I've been at for a very long time and I'm very tired at doing and want to do something else. This is my rightful place to serve God. And that is to teach his word to his people. Now, let's take another look. 
at John 3, 1 through 6. And I just real briefly just just want to read John, John 3, 1 through 6. And we're going to look at all prophet. Now, there was a man, John 3, verse 1 through 6. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do the things, can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is of spirit. It's very simple. God, Elohim, El Shaddai, Jehovah, I am, he is all prophet. Jesus is non-prophet. When the bottom line means more than the top line on earth, you have trouble. But when the bottom line and the top line are the same, you have salvation. There is no other way. There is no other way. It is good to be a part of the top line as well as the bottom line equally. Knowing that you have salvation, that you have a purpose in life. Knowing that you have been saved by a non-profit Christ. That a man came from heaven. That he gave his life to you. He sacrificed his life for you. He hung, bled, and died on the cross because of you. But he raised up on the third day morning because of you. You are the reason that he came. You are the reason that he invited. And I believe you are the reason that you will accept it. Accept the invitation to Christ. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him. And he will, will lead your path. This I know for sure. Because I'm going to be doing some praying because after 26 years of drawing blood, yes, I am tired. I'm ready to do something else. I don't know how long you've been doing what you've been doing, but if you've been doing it longer or as long as I have, whether you are tired, whether you enjoy what you're doing, that's up to you. But I just know. That whatever you get into, whether whether you, you want to start a business, you're thinking about starting a business or you already are a business owner. What is your business for? It can be for profit, but is it promoted by Christ? Is it is it is it a Christ based business or is it just a business where? It's just about you. It's all about you. 
thank God he is all prophet, but thank God for Jesus who is non-prophet. Guys, I've said enough. I just want to thank you once again for allowing me to come for another week to deliver the gospel, the good news, the wonderful message of Jesus Christ. And on next Sunday, there will be a brand new message that I think you will. Again, I, I believe you will like it. You can reach me at at the traveling pulpit at Gmail dot com. Um, I'm all, you know, I'm, I'm always uh, checking just to see who has reached out. If there is uh, any words of encouragement or, you know, um, whatever you feel. But I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to come to express God's word over this broadcast. I thank God for giving me the power to do this podcast. I just, uh, I pray for enlarged territory over this podcast. And I pray for you that whatever God has placed in your hands that you should do, I pray that God gives you the willingness, the, the due diligence and, and the absolute go, the absolute G O to do what thus says the Lord, do whatever it is he has for you to do. And I guarantee you, you, it, you will not, you will not have a, have uh what I, what I want to say. You will have great positive joy behind what you do if you're doing it for Christ. So with that said, thank you for listening again uh, to this week's episode. I look forward to doing this with you on next Sunday, but in the mean, but uh, be prepared for uh, refuel and recharge Wednesday. So I just want to say thank you once again. I love you. Tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord and let's do this again on next Sunday. Bye now.